like nostalgic movie review from Nerdy Married Man. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to New and Nostalgic Movie Reviews. I'm David. And I'm Steven. And this is our first time trying to do things over Discord slash Zoom slash whatever. So bear with us. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yes. Well, Today as we, we told are... you. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> we'll cut that out. Yes. You go ahead. All right. Well, today, as we said last week, we are doing my bad pick for The Lodge. Yes, The Lodge. It's a 2019 film. It is rated R and it is an hour and 48 minutes. The synopsis is a soon to be stepmom is snowed in with her fiance's two children at a remote holiday village. Uh, just as relations begin to thaw between the trio, some strange and frightening events take place. Yes, and in this movie, we have Riley Keo, Jaden Martell, Leah McCow, Richard Armitage, Alicia Silverstone, Danny Kyo, and Lola Sky Reed. Um, this is a very small cast movie. Um, the only people you're probably going to know in this is Alicia Silverstone, which she's in the movie for maybe like five minutes. Obviously, she was like Batgirl and she was Cher from Clueless. And then uh, Jaden Martell, the oldest son in this, he is actually from the It movie. And if you uh, actually watched Marvel's The Eternals, you will recognize uh, Liam McHugh because she plays Sprite. Oh, nice. I actually haven't watched that yet. Oh, it's it's oh wait, it's fun. wait Eternals. It's yeah, I did watch the Eternal. Oh, I didn't realize that was Sprite. Holy crap! <laughs> well, that's really cool then. And then, I mean, Riley uh, Keo has done a lot of stuff too, and she's uh pretty good. She was in like Mad Max Fury Road and stuff like that. Um, she always does great. Yeah, and she does do great in this movie too. I will say yeah, she, she definitely... has definitely. Fantastic performance. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The oh, video no, thing no. is kind of hard. It um, definitely is a little bit. That's why I gave that warning. Just bear with us these next couple episodes. We're going to try to get back to regular. but <laughs> Yeah, Riley does uh, really good uh, like carrying the movie. Along with the, the two child actors. They, I mean, they have their moments, but uh, I think they do really good. I think the acting is really good in the movie. I just think that the material they were given to act wasn't as up to par. Well, I also think um, as far as the two kids, I think it's mostly Mia. Uh, that character just, I don't know, a lot of her stuff doesn't hit home like it probably should. And it probably yeah. is due to the material and the direction. Yeah. Um, this is just a very, very bizarre movie. Um, uh, I guess like my like first thoughts about this is just I like the twist in this movie is so bizarre, so out there. Um, it kind of is foreshadowed a lot at the beginning. Second time watching this movie for me, I really caught up on a lot of clues that I didn't the first time. But to the same extent, it's one of those things for me, like I say with Home Alone, like I said during the Jumanji movie, kids coming up with these elaborate, ridiculous, insane plans that I just don't even know how anyone could come up with, let alone a child, just always seems ridiculous to me. 
Well, if you think about it, this is almost the, uh, it's the same premise as any 90s, early 2000s Disney comedy family movie where there is a new step parent or potential Mm -hmm. step parent involved and the kids kind of uh, come up with little schemes to mess with the step parent to get rid of them. This is a very similar premise, but a lot darker. Yes, a lot, lot darker way twisted like as much as the kids want to say that she's twisted the things that they come up with for this are way twisted than anything she's ever done in her life probably well and i think what i like about this movie is it it makes you feel bad in that way like it could be twisted but also every character in this movie is a victim in their own right and on top of that they have reasons for doing the things they do you know which we'll go to in the spoilers but there's there's a lot more to it than meets the eye that is true um i guess is there anything else you want to say about the movie before we kind of get into the spoilers or um yeah you know i think uh it's it definitely has a lot of great uh like effective atmosphere it's very chilling it's a tense anxiety inducing movie uh I think I love the way the movie is shot it is there's a lot of wide angles and a mm. lot of like camera, uh, like creative camera angles that just leave you feeling uneasy. And I mean, you just keep waiting for something to happen. And that's because the whole time you just feel like something is going to happen. You just have that tense buildup. And what I like about this movie is it doesn't have a lot of those like, cheap jump scares or fake outs and stuff it's just it's a slow building movie and though uh that's also a downfall it feels very slow but it it take and it takes patience to watch it but it does pay off in some effective ways yeah no that that's all fair and like you said the cinematography i also say is just really really great and some of the things in this movie they're abrupt but like shocking yeah (laughs) and that was kind of the thing that kind of like threw me for a loop there's a certain character we'll get into it more in the spoilers but i was really hoping to see this character a lot more in the movie and the way things end with that character i was just like whoa wasn't expecting that at all like there was no build-up to it at all and which is the one of the things for this there's movies like full of build-up and a lot of tension like you said but also it just like there's some moments that have no build-up with just instant shock and it's nice because the the instant shock, it's like a real feeling of shock. It is not a, yes. like a stupid, loud noise jump scare that's going to make you jump out of your seat. It's actually doing what it's supposed to do. And it's doing it with meaning. It's not just a cheap tactic. Fair, fair. Um, anything else you want to say about it before we go in? Uh, you know, uh, I think... It's worth, you know, I, I enjoyed the movie and I also did not, I think it's worth, (laughs) I think it's worth watching if you are like, if you're a fan of a lot of those jump scary movies or something like, uh, the nun or something like that, this movie might not be for you, but if you like some of those slow burn horror movies, like the witch or hereditary, you're, you're probably going to enjoy this movie too, but probably not as much. 
because I don't yeah. think it's as effective because like hereditary is so much better. But yeah. <laughs> if if you like that feeling, that style of a movie, then you're you will find some enjoyment in this. So I recommend at least giving it a watch if you like that style of horror movie. Yeah, I think for me, I'm gonna have to agree. I think um, if you like the actors and actresses in this movie, and you want to see kind of the cinematography kind of things we're talking about, and you're kind of wanting one of those slow burn tension building movies, I think it it could be a fun one to watch. But I also don't think this is one that I would ever own. And I don't know how many times I'm gonna ever rewatch this. Like, I think this is probably my last time watching it. I'd agree with you right there. And uh, one more thing, this movie does do a good job. If you like uh, trying to guess what's going to happen, there are a lot of times you think, you know, what's going to happen, but there are like two pretty good twists in the middle. And at the end of this movie, that's like, it did a really good job for them. So it keeps you guessing the whole movie on what is actually going on. Yeah. So and, um, it might be worth checking out. I will put a little small trigger warning in this one for people who are, uh, triggered by like cults or tr- people who are triggered by suicide. There is a little bit of both of that in this movie. So just a heads up. So with that, uh, next week, before we move on, we are going to be taking a look at uh, my good pick. Uh, we're looking at the Lego movie. Woo-hoo. So uh, join us next week for that. Watch it if you want beforehand. And with that, we are moving on to the spoilers. All righty. So, you go ahead and go first. Um, well, do we want to talk about uh, like the downfalls first or the highlights first, or are we going to try to... Um, I think we should just... Uh, kind of go through the movie. Yeah, let's kind of go through the movie, go with our highlights and downfalls as we go on. Um, so right off the bat of the beginning of this movie, um, we see two kids with their dad, and we see them like talking and their dad's talking to them about uh, having to hang out with another his girlfriend at the time or whatever wait does it start with the funeral i can't remember no it actually uh about five minutes in it gets to that it starts out with the kids and their mother kind of getting ready for the day and the mother seems very sad and distraught and she uh, takes her kids on a car ride over to their dad's house. And it turns out they're separated. And uh, while they, you know, like go out to buy candy or something, the dad tells his wife, you know, what? I officially want to sign the divorce papers. I want to marry this girl that I've been dating, which uh, my first thing about the girl Grace, it's interesting because you, you never see her face until about 21 minutes into the movie. Yeah. But the only reason he meets this girl is because he actually wrote a story about her, about a cult that she was in, this mm-hmm. religious cult. And I guess it's just a little weird that he met her through that. She's this traumatized woman and right off the yeah. bat the moral of the story is don't date the subject of your cult book yeah i mean she was the if i remember right she was the only survivor of an entire cult and like the entire cult had like a suicide pact kind of thing and she was yeah. the only one to live through it and yeah he writes a book about the cult and finds all the like found footage and it shows found footage throughout the movie 
of the cult and like what they did and what they were kind of representing, kind of give you a glimpse of what was going on through Grace's head in her past. But yeah, interviewing her, he ends up just falling in love with this random girl, which is so bizarre. So weird. So with that, um, the the mother leaves, you know, still upset and goes home and I don't know. It's just interesting because I this is the first point within the first five minutes. I was like wondering what's going on is building tension. And then out of nowhere, she's sitting at her table, takes a sip of her wine and then pulls a gun out and shoots herself in the mouth. Yeah. And this is Alicia Silverstone's character, which is the really abrupt thing I was building up to earlier when I was saying like this has no nothing no setup at all like we did not see this coming at all she was a little sad she drank a little bit of wine and then bam dead like what (laughs) yeah it totally threw me off and i was you know like jaw actually dropped i wasn't expecting that uh but it was it was very effective because i mean it's one of those like it was very unnerving and it like the way the camera is moving throughout these opening scenes there's it's just kind of weird like eerie and then it's just so abrupt and it shows everything so yeah. i just think it was very effective it was well done it, it is very effective it was very well done it just seemed like so just out of the blue and like i don't know it's one of those things like i had someone in my life recently who committed suicide and Eve, like dealing with that and seeing that and stuff, it's it's always hard to deal with. But it's always like for me in my personal life, dealing with friends and stuff that have committed suicide or tried committing suicide, it's always been a lot more of a setup for them. It was never like that abrupt. There was always like a note. There was always something. There was always like more thought that went into it. And it, there was just like a lot more depression and a lot more sadness that was shown. And I guess just like only getting like less than five minutes with this character to have her commit suicide was just so jarring, so weird. And it was effective, but it was still just like, I don't know. I kind of wanted to know more of her story of why she was going through that. Like, it just seems so bizarre to be like, hey, here's a character. Bam, dead. Well, and to be fair, like, it is very abrupt, but I think this story is more about the kids and them going to be dealing with... Uh, this new woman in their father's life. So I don't know. I, I think it would have bogged the movie down even more if it spent even more time. Like we're, True. we're cutting in the point where we don't know how long she's been dealing with, you know, all this separation and all these feelings yeah. and stuff. So, um, but yeah, from there, uh, then it gets to the part that you started talking about how after the funeral, uh, it cuts to six months later, and the dad is talking to the kids about a trip. Yep. And then he uh, he's setting up, like, a dinner for his family. He sets up four plates, and the kids are kind of wondering what's going on. He says, hey, I'm, I'm bringing Grace over. Uh, I want to have dinner with you guys, and I want to bring her on the trip because I'm going to be asking her to marry me. And just kind of throws it all in one. Just, like, we're, we're going on a trip all together. And this, which is kind of weird and kind of harsh. And I mean, like, at some point, I know you kind of got to try to move on and stuff. But to these kids, she is the reason her mother committed suicide. And he's immediately wanting to put him in a position where she's going to be alone with him for three days in a snowed in cabin, far away from everything and everyone with like hardly any ways to get a hold of anybody else. 
Yeah. Well, and I think it also has a lot of meaning to them because this is a, it's a family lodge that they stayed at as a family and they're going up there for Christmas and yeah, he's uh, going to leave the kids with her for a couple days up there while he has to finish up some work and then he'd be back, you know, on Christmas day or the day before. And uh, I think it just, it's a lot for the kids to have to deal with where they, you know, they're putting all this blame on this woman that it's really not her fault. It's not, but it's, it's a really rough situation. Yeah. In the eyes of a child, it's hard to like, it's hard to disagree with their points because in their eyes, it's almost exactly what is the cause. Like, especially if their mom was bad mouthing grace the entire time that she was separated from her husband, like when she had the kids, because it seemed like even the mom didn't like her at all either. And so the, that kind of makes me wonder then. And then we kind of get into weird stuff where like the kids are really starting to snoop around. They start searching through like their dad's computer, trying to find out information about Grace. And they start like planning some stuff with their dollhouse that they have. And this is what I mean with a little bit of foreshadowing. You first get to see glimpses of what their plan is right from the start with the house, the dollhouse. Well, it's crazy because this this dollhouse, it's a like replica of the lodge that are go- they're going to be staying in. And I don't know, I feel like it's the lodge thing is really interesting and in kind of setting up what might happen or what might not be happening. But also I was wondering like, I was very confused about it. I'm like, is this kind of like a hereditary wannabe? Because Hereditary did a lot yeah. of stuff with dollhouses too. So I was like, I mean, it's effective for the most part, but I think in this movie, it's overdone. If they did it just a few times, it'd be fine. But it's like every other scene. And I don't know, it was, it was bizarre. Yeah, well, and the thing with like Hereditary doing that is it just seemed to be, because she was a person who designed miniatures and stuff like that. So she designed a lot of these things and did a lot of, that was just part of her life. But to have like a a scale model of the lodge that you go to all the time. That just seemed weird for like a child to have as a toy. And then secondly, like them going through the plans, it doesn't even really like show them going through the plans. It's just showing them like putting things in certain spots. And if you paid attention to where they place certain things in that lodge and like with their dolls, then you get glimpses of what's going to happen later on in the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's really just, bizarre in every way but then yeah they end up finding on their dad's computer uh some of the found footage of the cult which they will use later (laughs) they uh they find the footage they find the articles and it explains everything you know the 12 members of the cult were found dead and she was the only survivor and yeah he wrote a story about her and they ended up getting together afterwards uh but after that, they go up to the lodge, and at first everything seems like it's it's okay with the father there. and uh, mm-hmm. But the kids are kind of just still uneasy about Grace. Uh, like, they go ice skating outside the lodge, and when Grace goes outside, uh, the kids point out that the beanie she's wearing is actually their mother's. So she hands it over, and it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. And it's tough to be in those situations, too. I feel so bad for Grace throughout most of this movie. Honestly, like, I think Grace is the biggest victim of this entire movie. Um, Because, like, the dad's putting her in awkward situations. The kids are 
being relentless towards her and I'll have all these ill feelings towards her because they blame her for their mother's death, which I don't see why they don't blame the father at all. <laughs> well, uh, I also don't think they should be putting blame, but um, also, oh man, I was just thinking of something to what you were saying. I don't know, but uh, Grace is raised in an environment of like, extreme guilt and shame so i mean it's definitely hard watching everything she's going through yeah but i i don't like the idea of like putting blame on her yeah so we get through like this kind of point here and i think this is the point uh where the little girl her doll goes into the like uh part of the ice that's broken when they're all outside doing the ice skating and stuff. And Grace actually goes over there and like, hey, step away from there. I don't want you to fall into the ice. And then she goes up and actually like saves her doll, but then she falls into the ice. And right then we actually see the kids panicking. And I'm like, oh, well, the kids actually might have a heart after all. They don't want her to drown or die in this like cold water. Like if they really had a lot of like ill intentions, why not just let her drown right there? Like the father hadn't noticed yet. Yeah, and I actually uh, think it's like, I mean, the kids didn't care. They cared more about the doll. At least the girl did. Yeah. Uh, but I, I find a fun fact about that scene. Uh, the actress that played Grace, uh, she actually did the the stunt herself falling into the ice and then coming out of it. Oh, geez. And they did a couple of other things like that <laughs> in the movie, too. But it, it's kind of cool that she did her own stunt there. Wow. I I. I mean, it looked real, so like that's crazy, though. Like actually knowing that that was real. Um, but yeah, after that, they warm her up and everything. Uh, this is kind of where the dad kind of says like he has to go do some business stuff, and he's going to be gone for the next couple days, and he'll have his cell phone on him. Blah 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 blah. Take care of the kids. Kids listen to the uh, Grace. Let's set up like Christmas decorations. Let's get everything going. And this is where the kids really start messing with her like uh the daughter like hey can i show you what i i made for my dad and she's like that would be awesome i'd love that and she's like oh well here here's a video of every happy memory with my mom and i'm like oh (laughs) what what i like about how this movie goes about that is it's it's not directly showing that the kids are doing this on purpose. And even everything that happens, you don't find out the kids are even involved until close to the end of the movie. That's true. This first part, it seems all innocent. And the girl's like, you want to see what we got my dad for Christmas and showing them like it's home movies of their old times at the lodge. So I thought it was really sweet. And then some of the other stuff that happens coming up, it's like, you know, it's, it's not direct unless you, upon rewatches and pay attention to certain details mm-hmm. you don't think the kids are doing anything wrong yeah oh one of the other things i totally spaced out earlier and i wanted to kind of point out when we were talking about like the suicide and stuff and we're talking about religion this family is also a very re- uh, christian religion uh family as well um and this is one of the, the things the problems that i see with really shoving religion down kids uh, throats as much as they were in this movie because at one point after the kid's mother committed suicide the daughter was so upset and she was crying at night and she couldn't get to sleep 
And the dad came into the room and was like, hey, what's going on? And he's, she's like, mom's never going to go to heaven. And she can't, I won't even be able to see her in the afterlife because she's instantly going to hell. And it's like such a horrible thing to like believe as a child that because your mom committed suicide, she like you'll never get to see her again if there is an afterlife. And she believes there is an afterlife. And I'm like... I just thought that was kind of an important thing to notate too throughout this because it also kind of gives more motivation to her. Well, and I mean, with the whole cult side of it too, uh, they're like a huge religious cult. So, I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot of religious undertone, undertones and like imagery yes. and stuff. Um, but so after the dad leaves, they decide to hang out and watch movies and have a good time. And I think this is a really good uh, scene here because they're watching the movie, the thing and <laughs> yes. uh, it's there. The first scene it shows from the thing, it shows a few scenes and it's one of the characters referencing cabin fever. And, you know, I also like that they're watching that movie and just like that movie, this movie, there is, you have no idea where the threat is or if there even is a threat or who the bad person is of the movie, the whole movie, like there's not really a defined bad guy or you're just not really sure if there even is a threat. So I think it's a really cool, uh, like play, like showing that. I don't think I actually caught on to that, but you describing it like that makes it like that much more intriguing, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, like I said, the movie, it's it's very slow, and there are definitely some scenes they can cut out of it. But, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff it does well, it does really well. True. Uh, right. But as they're watching the movie, they, uh, they're they getting cold, and it seems like the, the kid Aiden, he's coming around to her finally, and he brings her, like, some hot cocoa, and they go get a little gas heater out to warm them up, because the fireplace just isn't doing it, and little foreshadowing the the gal points out that man you could really smell the gas coming out of that thing i i hope that you know it's okay and the kids are like ah, it always smells like that don't worry about it and they fall asleep watching the movie <laughs> yep i'm trying to think of what's after that well i mean after they wake up and they notice all of their cell phones are dead oh, and yes. grace starts noticing like Everything is like the power's out, the lodge power is out, there's a blizzard outside, and everything is missing. You know, the, the yep. fridge is empty, items are just gone. All of her uh, clothes, her medication, um, most of the food, except for like a couple of cans of stuff and maybe some like saltines. Like it was like bare minimum of stuff to be able to like ration out to keep alive just for a little bit of time, but it was like not anywhere near enough of the stuff that was actually there. And uh, immediately Grace is like, what are you up to? Like, why Why are you doing this? What are you up to? And I, I didn't do anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Everything's just gone. Everything's missing. Our stuff's missing too. Yeah, it's, it's really bizarre. And I mean, you're really questioning, like, is Grace crazy or are the kids crazy? Like, the kids even mention, like, during the nighttime, they hear grace walking around and throughout the movie it shows her dealing with some uh you know trauma and mental illness of all the cult stuff and she's been taking some medications and stuff and now her medication's missing so they point out we hear you walking around at night all the time so she starts getting in her own head like 
is it me? Which it might be. It's the the movie keeps you going. Yeah. No, it really does a good job of that, especially because you really just don't know like what is going on. Like, and you like you're with Grace a lot of it. Like, you start questioning uh, the older son, especially. But then when he says stuff about her, then you're like, well, is it Grace? And or is it just some like weird being or some weird time dilation, like Blair Witch kind of style stuff, or like what is going on? And then the kids start throwing more and more stuff out there, like maybe we died, maybe we're not here anymore, maybe something's happened. <laughs> well, and and that comes up after you know they can't find Grace's dog. Oh yeah, and they go outside looking for it, and then as grace comes back from looking forever and there's this long outdoor scene that i think probably could have been taken out of the movie yeah but she finds a picture in the snow of the kids and it the picture at the bottom says in memory and there's like a ribbon on it and so she asks the kids about it like what is this and they're like well i don't know like and aiden gives a really convincing performance being like like maybe we died like the, the clocks keep changing to January 9th instead of yeah. it's supposed to be like December 22nd, 23rd. And after pointing out the picture, Grace comes downstairs and the kids are like praying and talking about repenting. And there's an obituary article in front of them that has an obituary about the three of them dying in a tragic gas heater accident. Yeah. This plan is so elaborate and you're like, what the hell is happening? What is going on? There's no way they like you want to believe that it's possible. But to the same extent, like everything in my being watching this is like they're not dead. Like they can't be dead. Like they wouldn't be worried about food if they were dead. They wouldn't be worried about this. They wouldn't be sleeping. She wouldn't be doing this. But then I'm like, but she also hasn't had her medication in a very long time. What if we're just seeing her? hallucinating and stuff like that like i you just don't know (laughs) well and also i felt like are they really gonna go there are they gonna like you know there's the horror movie the others when a lot of the characters are dead or even the sixth sense you know he didn't know he was dead till the end of the movie true true i'm just saying like i thought they were gonna go that way and that was the first like big reveal of the movie is like wow are they really going there they all died and that's why the clocks keep going to january 9th because the obituary says uh, the services will be hold, held on January 9th. Like, it, yeah. it was really elaborate. Like, I, I think if it would have gone that route, it might have been a better of movie. I think them trying to allude to that but not go to that made it a little just, like, convoluted. I think it would have been too predictable if they went that that way. Like, I mean, possibly. I uh, the reveal would have had to been nice, period. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I liked um, it because it was a reveal, and then the next true. reveal makes the twist even crazier, you know? Yeah, so then even more and more stuff keeps happening. Um, there's a bunch. There was, I think I counted 66 snow angels out in the field. Um, I can't believe beh- you took the time to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was trying to count because I was trying to think of maybe like there was a specific uh, reason of, for the number. Like I wondered if that was the number of people that died in the cult. So I like rewatched the beginning over and over again, trying to figure out how many people actually were in the cult, how many people like died in the cult, how many people were killed over the years throughout the cult. 
And I was wondering if there was significance with that. I could not find a significance for the number, but I counted 66. I believe it was 66. Uh, snow angels out in the field, which, and that was right outside of Grace's bedroom. <laughs> and then uh, throughout the nights, uh, she keeps hearing the voice of the cult leader saying, repent, repent, repent. And all these other like small little things. And music's getting played, like church music and organ music's getting played from somewhere, and they could never find where the music's coming from or where the man's voice is coming from. There's even a moment where the daughter like wakes her up and is like, hey, what's going on? I keep hearing this man's voice. And they go looking around the house and can't find anything. And uh, we also didn't really mention, too, during this time, the son's being super creepy and spying on her like when she's showering and like trying to like sneak a peek of her still there's two different scenes where she's showering and he's looking in on her and she catches him one time but yeah just really weird stuff on well, i noticed that a lot of the nighttime scenes like it's it's played from grace's point of view but it's so vague and elaborate that you you think it is actually like grace's going nuts or maybe you know some sort of entity is haunting them or taking Mm -hmm. over her and i i just think it's really well done it's played out like one of those horror movies where there's it's a psychological thriller and then the new twist that comes about is just (laughs) it takes you right out of it like it goes so far to where i think grace's traumas as going through the cult is finally surfacing and the kids are like she the kids wake up and she's standing over them like holding a gun and it's really bizarre uh so are we getting to that climactic point of the movie now yeah (laughs) okay uh so climactic point of the movie grace snaps she is um like burning hot coals in the fire and putting her knees on them. She's going around in circles on her knees in the snow to repent. She's like doing all these things that she used to do, repenting for herself when she was in the cold. And the kids are starting to freak out. Like, and they actually start coming clean. Like when she's really going crazy, like, no, 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 it was all just, it was just a prank that we're, we're not, we're not dead. We're, we're actually alive. Like, don't, 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 don't worry. Like this was all really messed up. We're so sorry. We really didn't mean to kill your dog. That was just an accident. We didn't mean for that to happen. We have all the food and power and stuff. It's up, it's upstairs. We we've hit everything. It's okay. <laughs> and she, she's too far gone. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, and I, I truly believe that the kids, it was an absolute accident with the dog. The girl is like crying yes. and she accidentally let the dog out in the snow. And uh, I mean, even like before they do the reveal that while tr- trying to convince Grace that they're all dead, like the Aiden pretends to like hang himself, but he's still alive while hanging oh, there. Oh, yeah. And uh, upon reinspection, like, at the beginning of the movie, when you see Aiden's bedroom, you see that his wall has a bunch of rock climbing stuff. And then as they're leaving for the lodge, as he's packing, he packs a bunch of rock climbing gear. And if you look at while he's hanging there, you can see the, the, the rock climbing rope that he's hanging from. It's like he's he has a harness. Yeah. So it's like it's very subtle and hard to notice. But when you really look at it, like you get those little hints of what's going on. But uh. 
after after she snaps, like the kids segregate to the uh, the attic, and you know, and they hid all the stuff in the basement, and they decide to hang out in the attic until their dad gets there, and Grace is going nuts, and then we cut to the dad you know leaving them messages saying like hey i'm sorry i can't get a hold of you but i will be there in like five or six hours and he heads up there yep oh yeah we also didn't mention throughout this entire time that the kids are one by one charging their phone enough to be able to talk to their dad and still have conversation with them to let them know everything's going well but the weird thing to me is that he never wanted to talk to grace throughout that however many days they were planning this and doing all this stuff they didn't once say, oh, they're, or they were like, Grace is busy. She can't talk right now for like a couple of days. Like, that was another crazy thing for me. Well, and they never really show the kids talking to the dad. You hear the, you hear Mia talking to their dad on the phone. And when Grace gets up there, the phone's dead. And she's like, you know, I was just pretending because I really miss my dad. And I mean, she admits it you know, later in the film that I was talking to dad too much on the phone. So it sounds like she Mm -hmm. was the one really talking to the dad on the phone, uh, probably checking in. So I can see why he wouldn't be like, you know, put grace on the phone or whatnot, you know, might've been one of those situations. Yeah. So then, um, grace is just going crazy with the kids. She goes up to the attic. She like takes the doll and she says like, you can't have false idols anymore and destroys the doll. And then, uh, is this where she, this is where the dad comes in? She goes, yeah. Yep. So then the dad comes in and he's like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Why do you have a gun? Let's calm down. And the kids are freaking out. They don't know what's going on. And uh, Grace is like, we're dead. None of this is real. And like does Russian roulette kind of thing. And then like holds the gun straight at the dad. And it's like. He's like, no, give me the gun, give me the gun, don't worry about it. And she's like, nothing's real, we're all dead, it doesn't matter, none of this matters, none of this matters. We all just need to repent, we all just blah, 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 and shoots him in the head. And that was so abrupt, and like, whoa! <laughs> that was right after she pulled the trigger on her own head and nothing happened. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it was like, yeah, she points the gun herself, pulls the trigger, nothing happens, and then does what you said. And yeah, shoots him, and the kids freak out, and they try to leave. And I love the the way the scene is shot because it shows Grace kind of walking slowly through the house mm-hmm. and you hear the kids starting the car, uh, pulling it out, getting it stalled, having to restart it. And you hear all their dialogue, but it's you just this wide angle just watching Grace kind of slowly walk outside towards the car. Yeah. It's really creepy. It's very tense. It's very creepy. It's probably one of the most tense parts of the entire movie, honestly, is that whole mm-hmm. like five minute stint there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, then uh, she sits down the everybody at the table with uh, like bowls of soup or something and including the father <laughs> with his bullet head, a uh, bullet hole in his head and then the two kids and the kids are sitting there like crying and wondering what's going on. And uh, I think this is where she puts the uh, the sin thing on them all. Like the tape? Yeah, so the the cult earlier in the movie, when the cops found all their dead bodies, they had duct tape over their mouths with the word sin written in Sharpie on them. So Grace is at the table with them at the end, and she sings a hymn, and then she puts tape over her mouth, and then walks around and puts tape over the kids' mouths. And I mean, it's, it's very clear what's about to happen, but then the movie, you know, after she puts the tape 
over their mouths. Mm-hmm. The camera cuts to black and credits roll. And you know that she killed them both and then killed herself. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah, it's a, it, it was very clear what was about to happen. Like, I don't think it was meant to leave any ambiguity or anything. It's like, no, yeah. this is how it's ending. But uh, And I think it was effective in not showing it. But at the same time, like, it was at first very confusing. And I mean, because it shows her standing there and having the tape on their mouths. And then it cuts to the table. And the table has the revolver with two very, you know, visible bullets yeah. uh, in the, the cylinder there. And then it cuts back to them and cuts the black. So it's 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 an abrupt ending. But at the same time, it's like, finally. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I guess like uh, anything else you really want to talk about with the movie? We pretty much went over most of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it was long. <laughs> yeah, it was long. It, it just feels like so so long. If you listen to this whole review, you got the movie. You don't have to watch it now. And if you were curious <laughs> in watching it, like check it out if you're interested in the type of film. Like I said earlier, but. I don't think it's really worth the watch more than once if you choose to watch it. But if you yeah. are only kind of interested, don't check it out. It's you and, watch better and, movies. And I should say it's worth a stream. It's not worth a rent. <laughs> I wouldn't pay money yeah. to watch this. Yeah, absolutely. But, so uh, you got anything else? Um, the only thing else I had in here was just, I think the music on this movie gets a little too loud sometimes. And it's just a little too like really like cheap ways to make you uncomfortable. I can see that. Uh, and like, I was about to say what music there's like two scenes of music. And I think that's, that's why yeah. it's uncomfortable. Cause most of the movie is pretty quiet. It's very silent. And then you have like a couple scenes with this loud music. So it's, I mean, I could see where it's kind of frustrating, but it, yeah. I think it's effective. Well, and then, yeah, I just like also just wanted to know like what kind of medication was she on? Like, was she actually taking something to stop hallucinations was she suffering from hallucinations? Like, is that something that she thought for real was a possibility with not taking her medication? And that's why she believes so much of this. I'm thinking that the medication was more to like symbolize, you know, her going through that trauma when she was younger and she probably went to like therapy or she got some there. sort of help and she was probably prescribed that medication to help her through some things. So I think that's all it was really meant to be. I don't think it was meant to be like looked into too hard. Fair enough. All right. Well, I think that's everything for that one. Yep. That's the lodge. So next week, (laughs) join us for uh, the Lego movie. movie. We'll see you then. Bye.